Om Sam Sarasvati Namaha, Namaste, Namaste. This evening on page 131 of the book called Srima, The Guru and the Goddess, uh, we're going to begin our discussion of verse number 76 of the Guru Gita. And actually, we were in verse number 75, in the previous verse, we were saying, my God to me is the respected Supreme Lord of the universe. How could she be anything different to me? I regard my, the, my Ishta, my chosen form of divinity, as the Supreme Lord of the universe. My guru to me is the guru of the three worlds. Of course she's the Jagat Guru. That's why I'm following her example. Uh, my soul to me is the soul of all existence. How can my Atma be anything other than the Paramatma? And therefore, Tasmai, Sri Gurdabhaya, how we bow down to the respected Guru. And now in verse 76, the root of all meditation is the image of the Guru. Where are you going to learn about meditation? Just at, with the Guru. When you watch what she does, you learn what to do. The root of all worship is the Guru's feet. When you sit by her feet and you watch her puja and she you watch her worship and you watch what she does, you learn how to do it yourselves. The root of all mantras is the word of the Guru. And that just doesn't mean mantra as in mantrayate. It means also instruction. It means also advice. It means also uh, all the teachings that come from the mouth of the guru are mantras. So if she says, clean up your room, that means that's a mantra. That's the word of God. Either you're a disciple and you believe that she is the supreme lord of the universe and you want to do what she says or you don't want to be a disciple and you're just hanging out and you don't care what she says. But if you do care, you do do. The root of all liberation is otherwise known as self-realization is the guru's grace defined as do and get. So if you do what the guru tells you to do, you have freed yourself, you've liberated yourself from all the responsibility and obligation. You, the guru is responsible. You followed her advice. Then that, if you did it the way she told you to do it, if you, you'll get the fruit that she told you you will get. And if you don't, you won't. You can protest a thousand times. Say, but Guru, look at I bow down to you. Guru, look at I'm giving you a, a bribe. Guru, I'm giving you a present. Guru, I'm giving you... But if you don't do the karma, then you don't get the fruit. That's all. Beyond the greatness of the Guru, there is nothing greater. The Guru is the highest manifestation of divinity. There is nothing higher than the Guru. Therefore, test me. 
should obey Namaha. Therefore, we bow down to the respected Guru. The fruit obtained by bathing in the seven oceans and all places of pilgrimage, etc. You can go around the world and take as many baths as you like. Cannot compare with one thousandth part of one drop of water from the toe of the guru, which is difficult to obtain. Even one thousandth part of one drop of the water from one toe of the guru is greater than bathing in all the rivers and all the oceans and all the places of pilgrimage and all the holy warriors flash over your head. Just one thousandth part of one drop of water from the toe of the guru. If Shiva is angry, the guru can remove that anger, but if the guru becomes angry, Shiva cannot. Why are they telling this us this principle time and time again. Why are, again and again, they're saying, hey, you know, if Shiva's angry, the guru can save you, but if the guru's angry, Shiva cannot. <laughs> Therefore, by means of every effort, take refuge in the respected guru. The Guru alone is the entire perceivable universe. The soul of Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva made manifest. I, that, she is. She's Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva embodied in one manifestation as the Guru. There is nothing greater than the Guru. <clears throat> there is nothing greater than the Guru. Completely worship your Guru. And that doesn't just mean give her a new socks and give her a new comb and give her things that she needs for her. That means completely worship your Guru. Pay attention to what your Guru says, to what your Guru does, to how she handles herself, to her bhavana, to her feeling, to her attitude. Pay attention to the Guru. Completely grok the essence of the Guru. By means of devotion to the Guru, one attains wisdom along with the application of wisdom. You know not only facts. You don't become a walking encyclopedia. Okay, I know all the answers. But you know how to apply that knowledge to your circumstances. One of our devotees was attending to uh, the, the family of a dying patient in the hospital last night. And she knew just how to blend in to the recitation of the mantras as the individual was leaving his body. And the whole family was catalyzed into a religious experience. And they all completely joined in the worship and in the mantra and the jop and the thup. And they all had an ecstatic experience of releasing that soul and letting it set, be set free. Namaste. 
in this way. She knew the wisdom and she knew the application of wisdom and she knew how to use that wisdom to create a greater harmony and a greater unity. And she brought the whole family together and their energy was a blessing to this departing soul who rose out of that body and just left it behind, just like I changed my t-shirt before coming to class tonight. There is nothing beyond guru. Meditate upon the guru along with the path of the guru. Please, consider this knowledge. Please, consider this knowledge. Meditate upon your guru. Pay attention to your guru. Her words are words of wisdom. Learn how to apply that wisdom so you can create a greater harmony so everyone can be set free in the same attitude of respect, of unity. All can unite in releasing the soul so that we can all be liberated. Meditate upon the guru, meditate upon the path of the guru, meditate upon the form of the guru, meditate upon the mantra of the guru, meditate upon the wisdom of the guru, meditate upon the guru, give up all the darkness of egotistical attachment. Follow the instructions of the guru. Follow the example of the guru. Follow the bhavana of the guru. There is nothing beyond the guru described by the Vedas as not this, not this. Neti, neti, nandama. She, the guru is neti, neti. She is parabrahma. She is Brahma Vishnu Maheshwar. She is Srima in an embodied form. She is, even comes to you as a teacher in the form of a Swamiji. She is niti niti. There is nothing beyond the guru. See the guru everywhere in all your experience and pay specific attention to the form which inspires you. Let all thoughts, all speech, always be pleasing to the guru. Don't try to win points. Don't try to argue. Don't try to show you're right. Don't try to show you no. Don't, don't do you Just come into harmony with the guru. If that's your guru. And if it's not your guru, namaste. Go on your way and enjoy your life the way you choose. And if that's your guru, let all your thoughts, all your speech always be pleasing to the guru. You don't have to win the argument. It's not necessary for you to show you no more than your guru. If you do, please find another guru. Find a guru who can inspire you, who can instruct you, who can empower you to become the best you that you can possibly be become. By means of the prasad of the grace, that's the do and the get, of the guru, Brahma, Vishnu, and the eternal Shiva become capable of creation, preservation, and transformation, which are only actions expressing unselfish love to the guru. That's their seva. Ah, Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva 
are performing seva for the guru. That's Parabrahma. The guru is Sakshat Parabrahma. The guru is actually Sakshat Parabrahma, the supreme divinity. Tasmai Sri Namaha. And therefore, we bow down to the respected guru. Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva are doing seva for the guru by creating, protecting, and transforming all the creations that they do. And that's the grace that they get from the kripa, the kripa of the guru. Now, if it's Kripa of the Guru that Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva are efficient in creating, protecting, and transforming, then what about little Aldas? Aren't we empowered to get the grace of the Guru and get to serve her by going to the store and buying the vegetables and going to the market and buying the flowers and going to work and bringing home the bacon? And whatever we do, we do from the grace of of the guru. We do and we get, and that's our prasad, that's the consecration of our offering. And that's only a manifestation of the unselfish love that we have. Guruji, I just want you to know how privileged I am to do what I do just to show you my love. Just to show you my love. There's no other reward. There's no other compensation. There's no other recompense. There's no other benefit. Just to show you my love. And if I get to do that, wow, I had a good day. <laughs> That's called a good day. I scored one for the swamp. The gods and all classes of ethereal beings, anybody out there in outer space or inner space, or the Gandharvas or the Apsaras or anybody, or the Yakshas and the Kinaras and all of the beings in the ethereal space, the, the celestial musicians uh, and the, the ancestors and the lords of wealth and the Moonies and others do not know the exact method by which the Guru is served. Nobody does. If you knew, you would not be in manifest individual existence. <laughs> if you knew the exact method by which the guru is served, Sakshat Parabrahma. How do you serve Parabrahma? With complete absorption in samadhi, in complete unity. That's the ultimate seva of Sakshat Parabrahma. If you are in manifested existence, there must be something short, something lacking in our unselfish love. There's maybe a little bit of selfishness there. There's a little bit of I, I, a demand for recognition. Look at me, Mom. Aren't I a good devotee? Please recognize me. I'm not stone. I'm a good boy. I, I'm not, I, 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 I am molding myself into the image of the guru. I am in transformation. I'm a work in progress. <laughs> Nobody knows the exact way to manifest complete, 100% unequivocal, pure love. If we did, 
we would be one with the Padabrahma. We would have no individuality left. People may have the strength of knowledge of purifying austerities. They know how to do the yajna, they know how to do the jump, they know how to do the tap, they can stand on their head, they can do the pranayam, they can chant the scriptures, they can do the puja, but because of pride and great egotism, they continue to revolve around the ocean of objects and relationships just as a water pot revolves around a water wheel. We've had that water wheel before. It came in the Devi Gita with the regularity of a water wheel and the pot just keeps going around and filling up with water and then coming around again and again and again. And now, if we have pride, if we have egotism, if I am the doer, if look at my puja, look at my selfless service, look at my pure love, mom, recognize me, pay attention to me, I gotta be me. Because of pride and great egotism, they continue to revolve around and around this ocean of samsara, the ocean of objects and relationships with the regularity, just like a water pot goes around the water wheel. The gods and other classes of celestial beings, the Gandharvas, celestial mu musicians, ancestors, lords of wealth, and ethereal beings, the Rishis, and all other attained beings cannot be liberated. Cannot be liberated if they turn their face away from the expression of selfless love to the Guru. Nobody can. Not Indra, not Ogni, not Varuna, not Bayu, not Surya, not Chandra, not, not even Swami. None of us can be liberated if we are not in love with the Guru and want to share, our, show our love with to her by serving her as an expression of. If they turn their face away from the expression of selfless love to the guru, they, they can't be liberated. They're bound. We're all bound, if, especially if we don't share our love and show our love to the guru. Oh, great goddess. Remember, Shiva's telling this story to Parvati. Oh, great goddess. Listen to the meditation which bestows all bliss. <laughs> Good one. Which is the cause of all happiness and eternity. Which gives enjoyment to the fruit of all action, whether you like it or not. And liberation, otherwise known as self-realization. You will enjoy the fruit of your karma, whether you like it or not, whether you want to or not. You're going to get the fruit, you're going to enjoy it. Whether you like it or not, you will enjoy it. So listen to the meditation. I remember the respected guru as the supreme expression of divinity. I speak of the respected guru as the supreme expression of divinity. 
I bow to the respected guru as the supreme expression of divinity. I worship the respected guru as the supreme expression of divinity. Now, please listen. She is the supreme expression of divinity. The guru is the manifestation of true existence. I bow to she who manifests the bliss of supreme divinity, who grants the highest happiness, who alone is the image of wisdom, who is beyond all conflict, who is perceived in truth as the infinite expansion, expanse of heaven, who is the definition of all principles, etc., who is one, eternal, consistently pure, the witness of all minds of existence, or the witness of the mind of all existence, who is beyond various attitudes, the repository of the three qualities. This is a meditation on the guru. Brahmamandam paramasukadam kebalangyanamurtim. The guru is the manifestation of, of true existence. I bow to she who manifests the bliss of supreme divinity, Brahmanandam. Paramasukadam, who grants the highest happiness, Paramasuk. Kebalam, uh, who grants the highest happiness, who alone, Kebalam, Ganamurthim, who is the image of wisdom. Kebalam, Ganamurthim who alone is the image of wisdom, Dwanda Atit, Dwanda Atitam, who is beyond all conflict, all Dwanda Atit, beyond Atit, Dwanda, beyond all conflict, who is perceived in truth as the infinite expanse of heaven, Gaganasadrisham, who is perceived Drisha, Gagana is the heaven uh, uh, who is the definition of all pr principles. Tatwa, tatwam asyadi laksham. Tatwam asyadi means very etc. And, and others. Tatwa, all principles and others etc. Uh, laksham. Uh, she is the definition of all the principles etc. Ekam. Who is one? Nityam, eternal. Bhimalachalam, who is consistently pure. Bhimala, achalam. The witness of all minds of existence, Sarabhadi, Sakshi, Bhutong. Sakshi is the witness, Bhutong of existence, Sarabha, all the mind. Diyo Yonha, the mind. Sarvadi, she is the of all minds, Sakshi, the witness, Bhutang of all minds of existence, or all minds in existence, or the mind of all existence. It's up to you. I give you that much latitude. Bhavati Tang, who has uh, all the Bhava Atit, she is beyond all the attitudes, or she is beyond various attitudes, Bhava Atit. 
She is atit, beyond, bav, all the attitudes, all the intensities of reality. Triguna rakitang, the repository of those three qualities. Triguna rakitang, she resides, or the repository, all the three qualities reside in her, or she resides in all the three qualities. Satgurum tang. To you, true guru, namami, we bow. We bow to you. We bow down to the divine as manifested in the guru. Nityang, eternally. Shuddham, pure. Nirabhasam. Nirakaram, Niranjanam, she, she, who is eternal, Nityam, Shuddham, pure, Nirabhasham, she has no basha, she has no, there's no language, no word by which to speak of her, she's unexplainable. Well, that's pretty cool, good, good one, Swam. Beyond four, Nirakaram. Beyond all akar, near akar, she's beyond all form and uh, without imperfection near anjanam. Nitya bodham, she is eternal knowledge. Chid anandam, the bliss of infinite consciousness. Guru Brahman namam yaham. Supreme divinity, the guru as supreme divinity, we bow down to you. Om Sam Saraswati Namaha. <laughs> Namaste. Let's see if we have any questions about what we're doing here. Because you should understand what it means to meditate upon the Guru. What it means in words. What it means in thoughts. What it means in actions. What it means in bhavana. What it means in feeling. What is the attitude of the meditation of the Guru upon the Guru? She is eternal and pure and unexplainable and beyond form without imperfection. She is eternal knowledge and the bliss of infinite consciousness and Sadguru Tam to you Sadguru Namamam Yaham Aham Namami Namamam Yaham We are bowing down O Guruji Oh, Guruji, we, we have this bhavana, we have this feeling, we have this intensity of reality which is so intensely real, I couldn't think to, de to debate with you, I couldn't think to argue with you. If you tell me to clean up my, the kitchen, I'm going to do it. If you give me the responsibility of the flowers, I'm going to take care of the flowers. If you tell me to do the puja, I, this, is my, this is for my growth. This is for my, you're empowering me. You, everything you are telling me to do is for my own good. You're not telling me for your selfishness. You're telling me so that I can improve myself. I can never improve myself as long as I am not organized. If I'm disorganized, I leave work half done. I leave things unaccounted for. I don't give the I don't give the receipt at the right time or the change at the right time. I don't. I leave my actions abduri. They're half done. 
God, this, you are empowering me to become a sadhu. And my love for you says that it's the, self, the selfless expression of love permits me to have the privilege to serve you by making myself a better person. <laughs> Whoa! Now that's a guru. That's a mom. That's a mother that none of us can ever reject. Kuputra We kids can be bad and foolish and stupid and dumb and inefficient, but moms are always the best. Let's see if there are any questions, please. We have a question from Nanda in San Jose. Namaste, Nanda how, did the, how does a disciple act in a situation where she is unable to get immediate advice from the guru? For example, if the guru is not around to give the advice or the guru has passed on. Thank you. Uh, the, Nanda, put yourself in meditation. Put yourself at the altar of the guru. Put yourself in the presence of supreme divinity and say, how does my guru respond to these circumstances? What is the action of the guru? What is the bhavana of the guru? What is the desire of the guru? How does the guru make her perfection manifest? How does she share her selfless love? How does she give up all the selfish attachments of egotism and possession? Well, what would she do in this circumstance? She, how would she behave? How would she respond to this particular circumstance in order to create the greatest harmony for the most, the most, uh, the greatest number of people that she possibly could? Faith and love. Faith and love. That's the answer. Swami will go on for an hour. Srimas got her in two words. Faith and love. With faith and love, put yourself in the meditation of the guru. Brahmanandam, Paramasukadam, Kevalam, Ganamurthim. Put yourself in the presence of the, that Ganamurthi. She, she is the Paramasuk, Dwandapitam. She's beyond all conflict. Gaganasabisham, her perception is fixed on heaven. Tatwama Asyadi Laksham, she is the definition of all the principles. Nandama, please, just do the meditation. Put yourself into the presence of that divinity, of that guru, that illumination in your darkness, and figure out, what would my guru do in this circumstance? How would she respond? Can I respond in the same way? We have a question from Joshua. Namaste, Joshua. What steps can we take now to cultivate pure devotion? You're taking them right now, Joshua. As soon as you tune into our webcam, you're saying, it's more important for me to have satsang with a bunch of sadhu-type guys on a mountaintop looking at a computer screen than it is for me to go out dancing or uh, 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 juicing and sluicing and dancing the huchiko. So you're taking the first step right now is satsang.
Pratamang Shaila Putri Cha, the first step is goddess of inspiration. Vityam Brahmacharini, the second is the goddess of study and knowledge. And if you're coming here this week, then you're going to sit down and study. And I bet you you're going to learn new ways of doing sadhana, new disciplines that you can incorporate into what you've been doing all these years. Tritiyam Chandragante, the delight of practice. You, you get a new inspire, inspiration and you get empowered to practice this new knowledge that you're inspired to learn. Kushmandeti Chathurta Kaman, then you want, you, you want, naturally you want to do tapasya. Panchamangshkandamateti, and the fifth is the goddess who nurtures divinity, Shashkankatiayaniticha, and the sixth is the goddess who becomes completely pure. You forget all those old thoughts, you forget all those old desires, you forget all those old friends that took you out. They were just playmates that kept you busy in the world, but now you've got real friends. You've got purity and clarity and devotion. And Mahag, Kalarati Chashtama. And then Kalarati, the dark night of giving up your egotism, giving up your attachments, giving up your foolishness. And Ashtamang is Mahagoriti. And Mahagori is the great radiant light. And ninth is the goddess who grants perfection. These become your new friends. And you're doing it right now, Joshua, just by hanging out with a bunch of Dharma you're, you're buttons. Your best girlfriend. <laughs> your best girlfriend. Whoa! That's the Mama's got away with words. Your your best girlfriend. She's gonna take you to a dance you never dreamed of. Yes, please. We have a question from Sadhana Shakti. Namaste, Sadhana. Namaste, Vivek. What would you say is the best way for us to describe what our guru means to us, to individuals who do not understand? I wouldn't even start to try. <laughs> if they don't understand, you can show them the changes that went on in your life. All you can do is, you don't have to describe how much you love her and how she will feel about her and how much she changed your life. Just show them exactly what happened in the last year or two. What changes went on in your life because of a new inspiration and a new empowerment and a new focus and a new definition of what does success mean to you and a new idea, a new understanding of what you could, what contribution you could make to life. And, and then if people are interested, they'll ask you, where did you get such an inspiration to change so dramatically? And you can say, then they'll be interested. Then they'll be interested. They won't be interested if I say, oh, guy, well, I think I might want to change my life sometime in the future. And I might think about doing something different. And when I, they'll be interested when you do it like you have. And you and Bibek have made us so proud by what your accomplishments are academically and, and in business and in socially and they, all that you're doing. You're maintaining Dharma, Artha, Kama, Moksha. You are maintaining Chaturbhag. There is no question about it. People will stop immediately and say, wow. The, the change I see in you is so dramatic. 
How did you become such an efficient, contributing member of society? You're in love all the time. You're full of energy. You're full of bhavana. You're full of, you, you've got the ras. You've got the nectar of devotion. You don't have to tell anybody who doesn't have any interest. No need whatsoever. Don't waste your breath. Don't waste your time. Give them a blessing. Ask them about the weather. Ask them about their kids. Ask them about their life and their sansar. And then move on. You don't have any need to associate on a long-term basis. And if you do, then I used to ask my guru all the time. He would sit and people would come from, we were, we were village people. We, we lived in a mud hut on the bank of a river. And we had a fire going all the time. And we would chant and chant by the fire. And then he'd get up from the fire and he'd sit down. And people would come from the city by the busload. And they would say, oh, my business is this and my kids are that. My, my, my daughter's marriage and my kids uh, needs employment. And I need a job for this. And I need a... Uh, oh. And I would say, Guruji, how can you listen to this nonsense after you've been chanting the chandi for six or eight hours? He said, I didn't hear anything. <laughs> I, I, what are you talking about? I just sit there. I, every now and then I look up and nod. <laughs> then I go back to my job and my meditation and smile. If it's necessary for you to become the murti to whom they complain, then become the murti to whom they complain. You've played every other role in the, in the puja. You might as well become the murti. You're the pujari, you're the band, you're playing the singer, you're the, you're the worshiper, you're, you're the flower, you're the basher, or, or bottle washer, you shine the dishes, you change. Yeah, you might as well become the murti. People will come and tell you all their problems and all their histories and all their all their complaints and <laughs> blessings. So you need not convince anybody. It said it in the Bhagavad Gita. Don't let the person who understands bother with the people who don't understand. Let them share their bhavana with those who wish to come. And you can see in Srima's behavior and maybe a little bit in mine that we are just trying to share with those who wish to come. We're not out and singing Hare Krishna in the streets and we're not passing out incense in the, in the airport and we're not out proselytizing. We are sitting in our temple sharing with our family all that, the love that we wish to show. I don't have to share with other people unless they themselves want to come. Yes, please. In verse 86, it, or I'm sorry, verse 85, it says uh, that the people with great egotism revolve around the, uh, the water wheel, as you said. What happens to the people who give up their egotism? What, uh, they still have to go on the water wheel, don't they? No, they don't. What happens to them? What happens is they merge with the guru. They become guru. They become the principle of guru and their bodies will fall away and just like Swami put on a clean shirt to come to class tonight, in the same way you'll put on a clean body and come back to earth and be the guru. Be illumination 
for all of those who need your light. Be an inspiration for all of those who need to be empowered so that they can get through their daily tasks, so that they can become more pure and more clear and more efficient and more organized and more empowered to be the person that they want to become. That's what happens to them. Yes, please. We have a question from Vivekananda. Yes, Vivek. Namaste. Many verses from the Guru Gita advise us to meditate on our Guru. What if we cannot successfully meditate? Like if only more thoughts and distractions come to us instead of meditation on the Guru. Does this mean we are disqualified? Nope. No, then meditate on the service of the Guru. Meditate upon your capacity to demonstrate your love for the Guru. Go to the Guru's ashram and fix her... What has to be fixed this week? Not, I don't remember. Ask, ask Vishnu. Vishweshwar. Ask Vishweshwar. We've got stuff that needs to be fixed, Vivek. We're waiting for you to come. You're more than welcome. You're a welcome guest at, our, at, at the ashram. Think about the things that you could do to demonstrate the sincerity and the purity of your love. If you can't meditate upon the guru, which is difficult to attain, then meditate upon the things that you could do for the guru. Could you, well, you learn puja. You learn programming. You learn, you went to college. You, I mean, these were all actions in service to the guru to demonstrate your love and your respect and your appreciation and your attentiveness to your, your the totality of your feeling for the guru. You're doing what you are doing. So think about what more you can do to demonstrate your love for the guru if you can't meditate upon the form of the guru. We have a question from Ambika. Namaste Ambika. When you describe how wonderful it would be to give our soul to the guru and be a disciple, no other life option makes sense. And when we practice what you teach us, we can feel the benefits and the changes within. Yet fear and other confusing thoughts can set in and be a distraction. How do we break through this senseless fear? Ambika, my suggestion is the continuous repetition of the sadhana is going to help us get the strength we need, the courage we need, the faith we need in order to go beyond that fear. Every time we come in meditation towards the precipice, where we've got to make the decision, do I go all the way or do I come back? It's the fear that makes us come back. What's going to happen if I go all the way? If I'm not there anymore, what will happen to me? <laughs> will I be lost forever? And then we th suddenly there's a me and there's a you and there's a there and there's a, I'm approaching the precipice. There's one time, Ambika, you will come towards that samadhi and suddenly let go. And the, your heart will say, go for it. <laughs> I don't care what's going to happen to me. Ooh, ooh, everything I want to happen to me, I'm going to dissolve. Remember Ramakrishna used to talk about the doll made out of salt that went to measure the depth of the, earth, of the, of the ocean. And the doll, the salt doll, jumped into the ocean and dissolved. 
And that's why the ocean is salty. <laughs> because the salt doll went into the ocean and just said, I just, I'm going for it. I, I'm letting go. And Laja Rina Boy, Ting Takatinai, your shame, your modesty, your aversion or hatred, your fears, these three cannot remain when you go into the ocean. You submerge yourself into that ocean of consciousness and just let go. And that's where the love affair really begins. You know it's intuitive knowledge. You know intuitively when you're really in that kind of love. That's the love affair that we're talking about on Become. We have a question from Srini. Namaste, Mr. Srini Baba. Namaste, Rami Mami. Is sharpening our intellect an impediment to realization? <laughs> no. Absolutely not, you smart guys. You get to use your intellect. You use all the buddhi to control the mon. Now remember the buddhi, all the intellect, are the nouns and, and, uh, and verbs of your experience. And mon are the adjectives and adverbs of your experience. And the adjectives and adverbs that are in the mon, they are the opinions about things. And the buddhi is the intellectual knowledge of things. So it's objective versus subjective. The two of them go hand in hand to make the chitta. That is all your recollection. This is a book. That's buddhi. That's an intellectual fact. This is a good book that's mon plus buddhi. The book is buddhi, the good is mon. That's my opinion. You may not like this book. <laughs> He's telling you you got to worship, you got to give up your individuality, you got to give up your egotism and, and attachment. That's not good for me. So by sharpening your intellect, you are increasing your objective knowledge and your capacity to discriminate according to objective criteria. Whereas when you dwell in the mon and you dwell in your opinions and you dwell in the adjectives and adverbs of your experience and all you can think about is me because whose opinion is it? Mine! <laughs> Cogito ergo sum. I think and therefore I am. If I'm not thinking about things and making them good and bad and nice and, and pleasant and, and all the other adjectives that I choose to ascribe, if I'm only thinking about the intellectual idea, the thing in itself, as Mr. Kant was to call it, the object in itself, the bhavana in itself, without all the imposition of all my opinions and attitudes and attributes, all that I, my likes and dislikes, if I just think about what is, then I can reduce the amount of ego that's invested into that concept. Sharpening the intellect will empower you to reduce 
the amount of opinions and attitudes that you impose and superimpose upon all the thoughts that you think. So I, I disagree with that idea that you shouldn't sharpen your intellect. Sharpening the intellect is the best way, the most efficient way to uh, cultivate a pure buddhi as opposed to buddhi encumbered by mon. It's pure objective knowledge. That's what Sanskrit will do for us. Intellect of love. Oh, mama, you got it right on the head. It's the intellect of love when I'm not thinking about me. I'm thinking about you. Medas. Medas is the intellect of love as opposed to praying. It's the intellect of love as opposed to buddhi, which is just plain intellect. And when you cultivate and sharpen your intellect... You move into the intellect of love where all I can think about is my beloved and I forget about me. And that's what it means to be a lover. Only the beloved is there. Thank you, Mr. Srini. We have another question from Nanda. Namaste, Nandama. Please share how we can keep our attention on the mantra while chanting the mantra. Do I visualize the form or do I focus on the sound? All of the above. If this was multiple choice, I would say all of the above. Take anything that works for you. Grasp any concept that you possibly can. It may be the sound. It may be the breath. It may be the pain in your butt. It may be, it may be the form that we are meditating upon. It may be the concept of... Uh, it, it, Anything that you choose that grasps, that, that allows you to steal your mind and stop thinking about me and think about thee and think about your sound and think about the vibration and feel that vibration, think about the form, think about the description, think about the, 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 the words, the meaning of the words that are in the mantra. Think about the form of the deity. Think about, think about anything you want to, but don't think about yourself. <laughs> Any one of those things will bring you into that bhava, into that unity, into that communion with the truth. And that's where you feel, wow, I meditated today. <laughs> I didn't just go to the movies. I just didn't go, go and watch all the programs that I've been sticking in here, all my experiences. I meditated today. Nanda, all of the above. We have another question from Nanda. Yes, please. Can we look at both of you as our surrogate parents, or is a guru different from the parents? You can call us by any name you choose. Tomeva Mata Chapita Tomeva Tomeva Bandus Chatsaka Tomeva. We are in every relation you choose to put us in. In the in the place where you choose to put us. In the capacity which you choose to put us. For the time that you choose to put us there. And we have no objection for you putting us into any relationship. You can call me anything but late for dinner. <laughs> you just call any way you want to if you choose to call. 
You, you, because we are all of the above. Now remember, the guru is like a tree. And somebody goes to the tree and they want the fruit, and somebody goes and they want the flowers, and somebody wants the leaves, somebody wants the wood, somebody wants to sit and take shelter under the shade. The guru just gives according to her capacity. Tameva mata chapita tameva. You're everything. Tameva sarbong mama deva deva. You are everything. I didn't make it up, Nanda. I've got scripture to quote. I didn't make that up. Tameva sarbong mama deva deva. My God of all gods, you are everything. Oh God. We have a question from Elijah. Namaste, Elijah Baba. Does the relationship between the guru and disciples stay intact from life to life? Yes. Yes, it does. And that's why you have to be very careful what kind of guru you choose. You bet you're gonna, if you really want to become one with that example, you're gonna be there for a long, long time. So be very discriminating as to what kind of guru you wish to cho you choose to e e exemplify, which kind of guru you choose to emulate, what kind of guru do you choose to unite with, what kind of bhavana do you choose to reflect. And also the guru has to be pretty discriminating too. Because if they choose disciples that are going to pull them into worldliness and drag them into duality and say, okay, you're the guru today but not tomorrow. You're the example I want to follow or I want to listen to you but I'm going to go do whatever I want to do anyway. Uh, then the guru has got some pretty hefty karma to lift to in every relationship. She's going to end up cooking for you. She's going to end up cleaning up after you. Hey kids, she is the mother and father and the brother and the sister and she's in every relationship as soon as she says, okay, the kids can be bad, but I can't be a bad mother. Do you know how much karma that entails? <laughs> kids can go off and do anything they want to do and I'm still going to keep them as my kids? <gasps> sannyasis are sannyasis because they don't have kids. <laughs> mothers are mothers because they do. Mom, when she takes you on as a disciple, she says from lifetime to lifetime, you can be bad kids even if you, if you need to. Even if you haven't learned from lifetime after lifetime after lifetime. But I'm not going to be a bad mother. I'm always going to be there for my kids. That's a guru. I'm always going to be there for my kids. Question from Ramya. Namaste Rami Mommy. Does meditating on the Guru include remembering Ma when we are doing our work through the day, not just in puja? Absolutely. Absolutely, Ramya. When we sit down for puja, we say, Om Guru Vyondama. Om Param Guru Vyondama. Om Parapara Guru Vyondama. We bow to the Guru. You're sitting right next to me as I do my puja. Now, when puja is done, I'm going to do my next puja. 
It may be at the computer, it may be at the stove, it may be at the kitchen sink. I'm going to do my next puja. You're not free from that, Mama. She's going with you wherever you go in whatever you do. And just any time you have a question, you say, Hey, Mom, what do you think of this? I, Mom, how much spice should I put in the, in the soup? As much as it needs. She'll ask her the questions as you go through the tasks all throughout the day and the night. Is this action appropriate? What is my appropriate response to this stimulus? These will be the questions that you ask her and all through the day she will guide you as much as you remember her, so much she will be there for you. This is the promise that mom has made. She's the guru. That's why she's kuputra She, There are no bad moms. They're always thinking about their kids. It's the kids that forget to think about their mom. And then suddenly they, forget, they remember and say, Oh, mom, please save me, save me. And mom comes and picks up the kid and brushes him off and takes him in her arms and consoles us and gives us new clothes, <laughs> clean clothes and some food to eat and said, okay kids, if you're ready, go out and play again. <laughs> we have a question from Joshua. Namaste, Joshua. In regards to the question before, does that mean the Guru has to incarnate again so long as their disciples are in existence? Guru is one eternal existence. And she will come through a variety, a plethora of forms. She will assume the form that's most conducive to teaching and inspiring and empowering you. And that's, she will come back to this earth in that way and be with you again and again and again until every sentient being attains self-realization. That's the concept of a bodhisattva. She is fixed in knowledge. She is situated in knowledge. She will come again and again. It doesn't matter what form she takes. What do you care what pen a great person used to send you a message? You care about the message. She becomes the messenger, the emblem of light. We have a question from Ambika. Namaste, Ambika. What do we need to do to move from devotee to disciple? We need to make our behavior manifest the greatest love the greatest respect. I'm free from fear because I know that Ma is with me. I'm free from attraction to the wrong things because I know that Sri Ma is going to set my compass towards the right things. I have no attraction to go off and do stupid things because I want to follow the example of my guru. 
Now, can I take her bhavana, her feeling, her attitude, her sincerity, her consistency, her, her the holistic spiritual bhavana that she radiates, can I take that and put it here in my heart and walk around all day as the representative of Srima? Ambika, you can! Yes, we can! You can and you do and you did it last night and you let me know all about it and I'm proud of you. You'll do it again tonight and you do it every day for the rest of your life. And that's how we change from a, a, to, uh, from a devotee into a disciple. We, we walk the walk and talk the talk. We live the life of our guru. We take that attitude of the guru and put it inside and protect it and nourish it and cultivate it until we live it and breathe it and it's our reality. That's a disciple. So if the guru can remove Shiva's anger, but Shiva can't remove the guru's anger, does that mean the guru is more benevolent than Shiva? Or when the guru is angry at us, we really did something wrong? The guru is not angry with us when we don't do something wrong. The guru is not really angry with us. She wants to teach us. That's her only desire is to teach us how to improve ourselves. When we consistently resist improving ourselves and try to blame everybody else in the three worlds because of the mistakes that I make, then the guru says, Oh, my kids! Kuputra jayeta kwachita pi kumata nababati! I am not kumata! You are foolish kids! Get off your duff and get to work! Get organized and get clean and get focused and get, uh, get sincere about all that you're pretending to want. You keep saying, I want to be spiritual, I want to be spiritual, and every time it comes to the top of the list, you say, well, I'll do it later. And you put it down on the bottom again and say, well, I'd like to have a new car and I'd like to have a new job and I'd like to have some more money and I'd like to have some more groceries, I'd like to pay the, 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 the whatever. I like more stuff. And then spirituality rises again to the top of the list and says, oh, I'll get there later. <laughs> when we get really sincere and we get really focused, we get attentive, we change our behavior because of the guru's example, because of the guru's instruction. The guru has empowered us to make changes in our lives and life becomes more of what we say that we want it to be. Our words and our deeds come into a harmony. They come in a closer proximity. And I'm not just saying spiritual, spiritual, spiritual. I am actually walking the walk and talking the talk and living a spiritual life. Remember, it's not about learning spiritual practices. It's about living a spiritual life. Om Sam Sarasvati Namaha. Namaste.